O'Connor, and indeed there's not much life about here these days, but nevertheless, we're here and the Lord's here, and that's all that matters. The scriptures we will be turning to tonight is in Jeremiah chapter 25, and if you want to open your Bible there, if you have a Bible uh, at hand, or of course you can listen and read the scripture as you listen later on. So uh, thank you for tuning in and I trust the Lord will minister to you and bless you. Let us just bow in a moment's prayer please. Loving Father, we thank you again for your day and we thank the Lord for the blessings of our God upon us. And we look to thee, our Father, for help as we in these awful days in which we live, that we may declare the word of God, and that men and women will take heed that God is speaking, and that thou, Lord, will help us, thy servant. Touch this vessel of clay tonight, and anoint me with power of the Holy Ghost. For we ask it in the Saviour's name, and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Probably the greatest event and most spectacular event in modern history is unfolding before our very eyes as I speak to you. The whole globe, or most of the globe, is, as we all know, in lockdown. And we're running and scurrying in fear from an invisible, implacable, irresistible foe. And from the firstborn in the palace, Prince Charles, to the nameless, homeless beggar under Vauxhall Bridge, were all targets of this invisible virus that's attacking mankind. From the 104-year-old man in London on Saturday to the five-year-old boy, Again, we're all targets. From China to Chile, from Italy to Ireland, from Warsaw to Wales, this plague and this pestilence and this pandemic ravages like a fire, rages like a fiend, and races like a fanatic. Like the pale horse, or the pale horseman of the apocalypse in Revelation 6, his name is Death and Hell. His nature is fear and foreboding, and his number is 19, COVID-19. You know, that number will go down in the annals of history as 9-11. As 11th of the 11th of the 11th was the 17th of March or the 4th of July in America. That number will be ever remembered uh, across the world in years to come if we have very long left. Now, when scientists are trying and scholars try to trace this, and doctors and nurses try to treat it, and politicians try to tame it, and we try not to touch it, what can we say? Or what can we do in the face of what's going on around us? Well, we can do nothing other than turn to the Word of God turn to the very truth of God's word. And when we look at the prophecy of Zephaniah and Joel, 
uh, when plagues visited the land in those days, and remember, God has not changed, his word has not changed, and his ways have not changed. And Zephaniah and Joel, uh, when the plagues visited them, here's what they said between them. This is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress and desolation and darkness and gloominess, the like of what we have never seen. Friends, we have seen the famines. We have seen the floods. We have seen the fires and the earthquakes. We have seen the wars and the rumours and heard the rumours of war. We have seen it all, but we have never, ever seen anything like we're witnessing at this moment. Now, we're all aware of what the scientists and the medical people are doing and what the doctors and nurses uh, and politicians are doing. And they're all, I'm sure, doing their best. Indeed, what we're all doing. But what saith the Lord? What does the Lord say for us to do in this hour of crisis? What does the Lord God, Jehovah, tell us how to handle this situation that we're in? Well, in times of plagues and pestilences, right through the word of God and down through history, uh, and it hit Israel and hit the nations of the world, Right down through history, God has always shown us what to do from his word. You know, I'm glad about one thing, that this virus, what this virus is doing, is turning many people to ask questions about God. There's many people and they've never been concerned about things, but they're concerned now. And there are people like Gideon saying, of old, why has all this befallen us? In fact, an ungodly man I spoke to him last night and he said to me, is this the end? Is this the end? That's the way people are speaking. But it's very sad today, my friends, that uh, there's no voice from the church. And when I say no voice, there's no clear voice. Uh, we're supposed to be in a Christian country. There are voices coming from everywhere. There's people trying to speculate and do all sorts of things. But my friend, where is the voice of God? Where is the real voices coming from the church? Well, I am not saying that the airwaves were not full this morning with messages. I am not saying that at all. And there were ministers and pastors and priests and prelates. prelates. We all have to paradise our our. our, our messages and stay in the mix and there's nothing wrong with that and surely we all need to be encouraged and comforted and pastored in these stressful days but where are the words coming from the mouth of the Lord I, I know that this is absent my friend you examine this and you think about it where is the prophets of today where is the word coming right from the mouth of God to the people to warn and show the people and tell the people what to do? You know, one of the most diabolical prayers that's offered up in the evangelical church is in Isaiah 55 and verse 1. When we say, we say, bless thy word, Lord, and that it will not return unto you void. But that's not the full, full word, that's only part of the verse, and that's taken out of context. That word says, the word that comes forth from thy mouth, bless that word, and it will not return unto you void. 
Now of all the words that went out in Northern Ireland today, my friend, came from the mouth of God, we would see scores of souls tonight. If every word that went out today from the mouth of God was from the mouth of God, we would be seeing revival. How many words have gone out today from the heart of God? How many words have gone out today and have gone out in previous days right from the spoken into the uh, into uh, the, the heart of man by the from the heart of God and from the mouth of God and from the lips of God? How many of us honestly can say, and I'm speaking about myself, I've been observing what's going on, I, I've been seeing things round us and, and I've been taking notice. Uh, how many of us can say, including myself, that thy word God is a fire that burneth in our soul? How many of us can say, like, like the word of old says, that it's like a hammer that has broken my hard heart? Or like a two-edged sword that pierces into us? And many of us can say that the word, the living word of the eternal God has that effect upon us. And I'm speaking to pastors and ministers and that. I'm speaking to everybody, my friend, tonight. And many of us can say that that word, that word is a living word. That word is alive. This word is coming from God to my heart. This is the word that I've waited and God has spoken to me. This is the word of the living God. And if ever we need it, if we ever needed words from God and words from heaven, we need them today. If ever we needed truth, we need it today. If ever we needed to be able to tell our people where to go and what to do, we need to be able to do it today. If ever we needed words from the mouth of God, not from the internet, or not from our intellect, but from the inspired word of the living God, we need them today. What saith the Lord Jehovah to his people and to the world in this crisis, in this hour in which we live in, in April 2020. Well, we're concluding tonight with our third message and final message on the subject, The Lion Roars. And uh, let me remind you uh, what we have said already and saw already from this great chapter of Jeremiah chapter 25. This is the third message that we preach from this chapter and what a mighty solemn word of God it is. And I have entitled the message The Lion Roars as I have said and this is the third one. Now let me remind you first of all what we saw already from this chapter. We saw first of all why the lion roared. We, we saw that when the people of Judah had sinned to capacity when they had vexed God with their wickedness and their ungodliness. And when they had rejected his word, although a half a dozen or more prophets preached to them rising up early, challenging them on their sin and their wickedness, and they didn't heed them. It was when it came, when that iniquity was, cup of iniquity was full, when God put up with them and, 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 and pleaded, when men of God pleaded with them and God in his long suffering waited on them and went on and on and on. But there came a moment, and there almost comes a moment when God speaks. And there came that moment when they had gone too far with God. And then we know that's what happened. That's when the lion roared. He, he came out of the thicket and he mauled all around him, just as he's doing, I say today, 
across the world, he's mauling men, women and children all around on the roaring line. God allows it to happen. God is sovereign over all this thing. And my family have got to stand back and say, what is God doing and what is God saying? And then the second thing we saw, then we looked at how the lion rose. And we saw that God raised up a non-godly man, the name of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, an unscrupulous, wicked man. And God raised him up and called him his servant, my servant. And he allowed that man and gave that man the power to hammer the people, to bludgeon the people, to destroy the Jew, to destroy Jerusalem, and to bring the whole lock, stock and barrel down into the Babylonian captivity for seven years. So here we are tonight now. And we're looking now tonight at how the lion can be stopped. Well, this is a very serious message tonight. And some may be criticising me for preaching it, but I have to preach what the Lord has given me, and that's all I am concerned about. How can the lion that's loose and ravaging across our nations tonight, how can he be stopped? In fact, I will go further to say this. If what, I, what we're going to read tonight in these verses of Jeremiah 25, if what we're going to read tonight is adhered to, and would have been adhered to prior to this, we might never be. We might never be in the dilemma and the state that we're in tonight. So these are very powerful and important scriptures that God wants to speak into our hearts tonight. And if you have in your Bible beside you, now you get a Bible and later on you study these scriptures with me because God's speaking through his word. So in verse 32, verse 32 of Jeremiah chapter 25, here's what we read. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Now let us stop there a moment. This is the eternal God and all the hosts of heaven speaking to us. Speaking to us. Now I want you to let that sink in. And what I'm writing over that wee phrase there is that we need to hearken. Hearken. You see, that was the problem with the children of Israel. That word hearken not only means to hear, but it means to do. And that was the problem with the, with the children of Israel and the children of Judah. Uh, they didn't hearken. Uh, oh, they heard it all right, but they didn't act on it. They didn't work on it. They didn't move on it. They didn't put it into action. And so he says, he said here, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Now he wants you to listen tonight, and he wants you to take heed tonight, and he wants you what, to do what he's saying tonight. And if we do that and follow that, we will be in for a mighty blessing. He, he's, saying, he's saying, I want to speak to you. I am speaking to you now. Thus saith the Lord, hearken, hearken unto me. And that was the problem, again, I say, with Judah. They refused to listen to God. And God spoke to them many, many times over many, many years and in many, many circumstances, but they wouldn't heed. Just something like ourselves. Just something like ourselves in Northern Ireland here. Now, we, we have been spoken to in many, many ways by God down through the decades. We have been spoken to the elements. We have been spoken to the tsunamis and the floods and the strife 
and 30 years of violence and killing. We have been spoken to. God has spoken in so many different ways. And this province of ours has been so blessed with the Word of God. We have more meetings, we have more missions, we have more churches, we have more preachers, we have more gospel than any other place in the world for its size. And that is a fact. And God has been speaking and God has been displaying and manifesting himself in so many different ways to us. But we haven't heeded. But if we didn't listen, if we didn't listen then, my friend, we're listening now. If we just went all about our own business and our own ways and mocked and laughed at God and took all the benefits and all the blessings and all the goodness for our families and for our home and everything else along with it, took it all for granted, let me tell you, it's over. As I said in the open air the last day we're in, that the party's over. It's over. And God wants to speak and God is speaking and God is thundering like the thunderbolt that we talked about, that thunderbolt from heaven. God is speaking. And he's speaking to men and women, and he's speaking to you, and he's speaking to me. And thank God he is. And thank God we are getting this opportunity, because he might well have. Listen, sinner, tonight. Listen to you tonight that are not saved. He might well have. He might well have raptured the church on the 1st of January and left you in your sin. But he didn't. He's given you an opportunity. He's speaking to you again. Backside, they might well have uh, taken, taken, taken us out and, and, and even left you, but you don't know where you stand. And try and listen, he's speaking to you again. He's giving you an opportunity to return unto the Lord. He's giving you an opportunity to be saved. He's given ministers and pastors and churches time to reflect on the state of their church, on the state of their, of their hearts, and, the, and their state of their attitudes towards other ministers and other priests and other churches. God is speaking. He's closed the churches down. Lock the doors and the lights are out, and we're all huddled in our corner. I tell you, my friend, if ever we can get back into our churches, we may be glad to come to the prayer meeting. We may be glad to come to the Lord's table. We may be, may be glad to stand by the, the, the Word of God and the preachers of God. And that's for another day. But here, let me tell you this. Let me say to you this. God is speaking through his word. And if we don't listen, if we haven't listened, listen, we listen now. Fix your eyes if you have the Bible, and later on, fix them on this verse 32. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation. That's familiar, isn't it? And a great whirlwind, and that word whirlwind is hurricane, or a tornado, shall be raised up from the coasts of the earth. Of course, it started in China. And the coasts, from coast to coast, from nation to nation, we are under the curse of what's going on at this moment. This is the book of Jeremiah that we're reading. We're not reading the daily paper. We're reading from the book of Jeremiah. Verse 33, what's this? And the slain of the Lord shall be at that day from one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth. And you turn on your news any time you like. And that's what you'll hear. You'll hear from one nation to another, from one country to another, from one city to another, from, to the, from the ends of the earth. And someone was telling me, they put up on YouTube to see um, where this place wasn't, that this virus wasn't in the good train nowhere. Even the island, we islands dotted away off, out, out, out 
of the Pacific Ocean. It's there. It's everywhere. Well, this is what this word said. But what's this? There's something more serious here. Even on to the end of the earth. They shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried. They shall be dung upon the ground. Does that speak to you tonight? Does that speak to you of where we are at this moment in time from the Word of God? Does it not come very vividly to us? Nobody to lament over them. Children are dying. That five-year-old boy died and his mother and his father couldn't get near Never gather them to bury them. That's what the word says to me. Italy and France, we have, they have no say in the matter. They're cremated, they're burnt like the cattle in the fucking mouth disease. Burnt. And we're still not listening. We're still not listening. I wonder, are we not going to listen? to the voice of God and these awful terrible days I tell you my friend don't miss what God is doing in these days now what's this we come from the hearkening to the howling in verse 34 see that word howling ye shepherds and cry and water yourselves in the ashes. Now that word howling is the word wailing, roaring and lamenting. Somebody gave off one time during the prayer meeting I was in, oh it's too noisy. Well you'd be far better without a boy like that anywhere ye. You say to me God is not deaf. No he's not deaf. Indeed he's not. He's not a fool either. And God tells us in his word we're to roar and we're to lament and we're to cry and we're to weep and we're to fast and we're to turn to God. Who are the, who's supposed to be howling and wailing and lamenting here? Now watch this. This is a Bible study tonight. You watch this. Let me, let me say that again. Who's supposed to be howling and weeping and lamenting uh, and wailing here? Who? Well look at verse 34. The principle of the flock. Look at verse 35, the principle of the flock. Look at verse 36, the principle of the flock, or the head of the flock, or the leaders of the flock, or the elders of the flock, or the ministers of the flock. When the pestilence hit in Joel's day, that's exactly what Joel called them to do. Listen to what Joel says in chapter 1. Gird up yourselves and lament, ye priests, and how ye ministers of the altar, and come lie in sackcloth, ye ministers, and sanctify yourselves, and fast, and turn, in weeping, in fasting, in mourning, and rend your hearts, and not your garments. Oh, I tell you, what a solemn word he brought when the pestilences were ravaged in the land, when the locusts were destroyed in the land. When all the powers of hell were let loose upon the land of Israel. This is what he said. He says lament. He says cry. He says fast. Howl. Howl. Between the porch and the altar. Ye ministers. 
ye preachers, ye heads, ye men of God that are supposed to be men of God. This is not a midweek ramble, you know. This is not a, a prayer link request, and I'm all for praying and prayer link requests. I, Jerry Newton, I've been on to me often from Limerick, and he asked me whether to do the last two Saturday mornings between three and four o'clock in the morning to keep a link going with 24 hours of prayer, and gladly I do it. But this is not a prayer link request, my friend. This is not a midweek ramble. This is not five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. This is not going over the same stuff all the time. This here, my friend, is hearts broken, hearts rending, hearts crying. And you go on past the howling, then you go to the humbling. Look at verse 34. Howl ye shepherds, lament, cry ye leaders, ye pastors, ye elders, cry and cry and wallow yourselves in the ashes. That's the humbling, the ashes. My friend, the ashes. And the dust and the ashes speak of death. And then it says, why? Ye principles in verse 34 of the, of the flock, for the days of your slaughter, friend, we're being slaughtered. We're being slaughtered. I wonder how much intercession, supplication, prayer, fasting, weeping, wailing, waiting is going on at this moment in our life. I, and I wonder for them, my friend, is the state that the church is in and the state that our land is in tonight because we have failed in this area. What do we know of fasting? Well, I'll be honest now, I'm preaching to the principals and the heads of the churches and the pastors, I'm preaching to myself, into my own heart. What do we know about weeping and mourning and fasting and rolling in the dust? For that's what that means, rolling in the dust. What do we know about that? What do we know about desperate, desperate praying like this? I don't think very much. And I think over the years and over the decades, because this has been missed, we're suffering for it now. Remember Jeremiah says, remember that awesome statement that that weeping prophet made? Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of my people. I wonder how many of us, including myself, how many of us in past months and weeks and years have exercised this mighty weapon of fasting along with praying. Jesus said, remember, when ye fast and when ye pray, we have as much an obligation to fast as we have to pray. Now you find me on the other scriptures. We have as much obligation to fast as the servants of God than to pray. And there's a certain thing, things will only come forth by prayer and fasting. And we, I've never, I, I, I've never in my years heard a message preached from the pulpit on fasting. Well, 30 times is mentioned in the New Testament. 56 times in the Old Testament. 86 times in total, all together. Would that all be in the Word of God for fun? Would that be all in the Word of God to be neglected? And we talk about neglecting other things, and we dot eyes and cross T's and other things. Well, what about this? Three days, seven days, 
14 days, 21 days, 40 days. Moses fasted, David fasted, Elijah fasted, Daniel fasted, Jesus fasted, Paul fasted, Hannah fasted, Anna fasted, Luther fasted, Jonathan Edwards fasted, Wesley fasted, Brayman fasted, Philip fasted, and on we could go. And Jesus said, remember the boy that was possessed with the demon, Jesus said, this kind, this kind only comes forth by prayer and fasting. And so there's some things will never happen, no need to, never happen just through prayer. What about fasting? What about turning to God? What about getting in the dust and the ashes? Remember this, fasting says no to appetite. There's none of us like to put the meat off. Fasting says no to appetite. Sackcloth says no to appearance. And we start to lose our, uh, what, what people think about us or say about us or how we look. Fasting says no to appetite. Sackcloth says no to appearance. Ashes says no to ambition. You can't get any lower, man. You can't get nothing more unrecognizable as a, as, a, as, a, as a pile of ashes. A worthless there's a pile of ashes. And when we humble ourselves and we repent in dust and ashes, then we maybe see this thing turn. And we maybe see God moving in this mighty revival. You see, some, some of us probably have left all this far too late. And this has come upon us now. And we can't pray and we can't fast because we haven't been doing it. Remember. Remember when Daniel was in the crisis. Remember when all hell was breaking loose on that servant of God. He went into the closet and he prayed three times a day. But the last word in that verse said, as he did a four time. He wasn't fasting because the crisis was on. He wasn't praying because the, everybody's praying now. And that not the cry in the prayers. But we can't really intercede, we can't really fast, we can't really call on God and do it just now if we haven't been doing it. And may God forgive us. When the king of Nineveh came to this place and the very cattle in the field fell down and mourned and wept, wept in dust and ashes, revival broke out. And oh my friend, listen, it tells us here in verse 36, there's another word with a H in it. It says in verse 36, a voice of the cry of the shepherds and the howling of the principal of the flock shall be heard. <laughs> there's the hearkening and there's the howling and the humbling and there's the hearing. God will hear this kind of prayer. God will answer this kind of prayer. When we get desperate enough and broken enough and clean enough and holy enough before God, he has to answer. He has to answer. I'm calling men and women to fast, to weep, and to pray, and to cry, and howl between the porch and the altar in this terrible hour that we're in, and cry unto the God of heaven that his will would be done, and that they would move through this terrible thing, and that he would revive us again because of the world out there. My friend, the old, one of the old Puritans says, as goes the world, so goes the church. Or as go the church, so goes the world. Isn't that it? 
And as the church goes, so does the world go. Am I in the first thing that that world, the world, the first place that Nebuchadnezzar came to? And when God gave him the permission to do it, he came to the to Israel. He came to Jerusalem. He came to the heads. And then he went down to Egypt. And then he came down to the rest of the nation. You read it in the chapter before this. Or even in this chapter. And so the Lord speaking tonight. This is a word from the heart of God tonight. And I have no doubt about it that God spoke to me through this word. And my lack of concern and my lack of vision and my lack of burden and my lack of passion. And my lack of humility and my lack of repentance. And he's calling unto us. He says, if you do all that, there'll be a hearing. A hearing. Of course, that's uh, right through the word of God. You get that principle. Remember the great, the one that we know best in 2 Chronicles 7. When the pestilence comes upon the people. And, and, and that's what, what, what Solomon says. But whenever the pestilence comes upon the people. He says, if my people. If my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Oh friend, there could be nothing clearer than that. We quote that verse, we quote that verse, we quote other verses. But let's take the word as the word says to our hearts tonight. Let us get desperate about this thing. Let us humble ourselves. Let us repent. Let us forget about our preconceived ideas and notions and doctrines and what other churches do and what we don't do. And we're better than them and all the rest of the way with it all. There's a crisis in the land. There's a plague in the land. There's death stalking every home and every door. God is angry. And he's angry with his people. And we pray that he'll come and he'll move and he'll revive us again and he'll heal our land. May the Lord bless you and keep you and keep his hand upon you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for giving us help to deliver this word that is burned in our heart. We thank you, Lord, again for the truth of scriptures and our God, we don't know what the end of this is going to be. All we know that you know all things and that thou art in control and thou art mighty to save and mighty to deliver. And we pray, O oh God, our Father, Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, and of Daniel, and of Joshua, the God of heaven, we cry to thee tonight. O oh God, we call unto thee from this corner tonight that you, our God, will come, and that thou will speak, and thou will bless, and thou will provide, and that thou will hear our cry, Lord. We're hungry for God. We're hungry, Lord. We ask forgiveness tonight. We ask forgiveness for lack of prayer, lack of fasting, lack of crying, or lack of sincerity, or lack of passion, or lack of burden. Oh, God, our Father, we're only praying at this time, and forgive us. We pray thee, Lord, and I pray tonight, our God, for the, for the surgeons and the doctors and the nurses, and I pray, Lord, for those that are dying at this moment and gasping for breath, and I pray, Lord, for families and loved ones that can't come near them, and I cry to thee tonight, Lord, O oh God, and our Father, come, Lord, upon our land, come upon our nation, come upon our people, I pray, O oh God, for the Prime Minister, pray for the Health Secretary, I pray, Lord, for the Taoiseach and the, and the Thomas and Ireland, I pray for uh, Mrs. O'Neill and Mrs. Foster, I pray, O oh God, that you will give 
wisdom, give help, Lord. We cry to thee, the living God, tonight. Answer our prayer. Hear our cry. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, will you not revive us again? Revive thy work, O God, in these dark and last days. Hear our cry, Lord. Thou art able and thou art mighty. Thou hast never failed, Lord. You'll not feel now. Lord, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask you. Thank oh God, rend the heavens, Lord, and come down. We pray you bind, we bind, we bind the powers of hell. We bind the demonic force of evil. We bind every lying, dirty, deceptive spirit. We bind them, bind them in the name of Jesus and cry deliverance and cry power and that the fire may fall and that the wind of the of the root and the blessing of God will sweep through our land. But we ask you that our Savior's name and for us say, Amen. Amen.